This is the Doctor Whoever Project, where everyone is an expert on something. All right, let's get into it. Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, they're only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. That's right. It is May 3rd. We all survived. Kind of. I think some of us are vaccinated around here. I think we're all vaccinated. Everybody in the studio vaccinated now? I survived my shot. The whole Doctor Whoever crew is vaccinated. Well, that's good. I mean, one step in the right direction. Uh, I, think, Logan, I think Logan got a little sick on Yeah, his, uh, you got a little sick, didn't you? Oh, I, got the, I got the Moderna flu. But, but can we be honest, uh, honest the listeners first? When you went to get vaccinated for your second shot, did you not come from the club without sleeping and still super, super drunk? Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. So, yeah. Was it more of a hangover or more of a vaccine reaction? I don't know. I was really <laughs> fucked up. So it's like 5 o'clock the day before. I love it. I didn't sleep. Uh, Logan came to the studio. I think it was a mixture of both. It's easier to blame it on the vaccine, though, yeah. isn't it? He came to the studio first thing in the morning. He came first thing in the morning in an Uber. I was in Did front drinking like some coffee. Oh, you, you look like you just... You look like you walked here. <laughs> <laughs> from, from downtown. Yeah, you really did, actually. It felt like a fucking walk in that <laughs> Well, it is May 3rd. People are getting vaccinated. Things are getting back to normal. We're having some fun. Vegas is opening up here. Um, I know it's been a crazy news week or two. Um, Derek Chauvin, or, you know... Found guilty on all three charges. Guilty on all three charges. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good, good change that 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 had happened. That people actually got to see all of that. I, I do kind of wonder about what happens next. Um, so that'll be an interesting story to to move on from eventually. But going on for there, I think we got some some breaking news. Breaking news, Justin. Feel free to turn your head and cough. So, um, Bill and Melinda Gates getting a divorce, that's odd, right? That just came out of nowhere. What do you think that about that? Like, why? It seems a little weird. I know you think that's strange, too. It's just, at, the, at their age and with that level of money, why? Why? Just, why not go live on two different continents and one of your nice houses well, and just you know, keep my, doing it? My reason for that, yeah, they are old and, yeah, I mean, they've been through whatever. They raised their kids, but mm-hmm. it's not like one of those relationships like you and I we decided to just see different people. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, we're, we're not going to get photographed everywhere we go. That's true. If they're going to live their life, obviously cameras are going to follow them, paparazzi are going to follow them. So they might as well just announce it so they can, you know, do their things. They're obviously extremely right. rich and they're in the public spotlight for a lot of their, you know, charitable contributions they have. So, I mean, wish them both well. I mean, that's a, that's, there's a non-prenup as well in this marriage, so we'll see how that plays out. 
There is a non-prenup, no so prenup there's no prenup. So, I mean, we're talking about interesting. $158 billion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, it seems like they're on good terms because they said they're going right. to run the, the foundation still. And they've already and I'm sure she's the still, giving pledge. She's still going to keep Gates as her last name. Oh, yeah. Like, she's known as one of the Gates. Why would you get married again? You know, just go out and do philanthropy, do something that makes you happy. I, I really don't. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to go through all that process to get divorced, I feel like there is a reason why. Well, that has to come like out eventually. It's a tough year, like for him. for him. Yeah. And I don't know why. It seems like he's been trying his hardest to do like to do, do good. What he thinks his best. And it just and backfires. Like a lot of are getting, uh, he's getting more criticism than he is actually like sort of. I agree. You know, like getting. Because yeah, he's a, he's a rich guy, uh, one of the original tech people, so he's an easy guy to point the finger at. I don't think he sees himself as a rich guy. Though. Oh, like, I, I that's what I think. We don't. Rich, but I feel like he still he, may live his life as a salt of the earth kind of person. But you know, they have like mansions and everything. Right, but I mean, right. you need people that are rich like that to spend money because that's who keeps the economy going in some way. You know, you can't have them just have all that money and not spend it. We need them to spend their money, hiring people, creating jobs. They said that uh, you know, like all the toggles and stuff you have to buy now for Apple phones, like because you're. Maybe your charger won't work. That was a billion dollar industry just by creating toggles and the need for toggles. Yeah. So I mean, the, all the- so annoying. The, all the industries that Bill Gates has created, he's probably created hundreds of thousands of jobs oh, worldwide. So just maybe, I mean, it could be a million, who knows? I mean, right. it's just, they've been around forever. Every school when I was a kid had a Windows computer in it. Like every single big giant white monitors, you know? Well, that's my thing is like, I feel like, I don't want to speak for their marriage, but like, they, all, they always traveled a lot, obviously, they were always everywhere, and they're, I'm sure they were apart a lot. Maybe this year when they were in quarantine, they just figured out they're like, hey, fuck you, like, <laughs> I hate being in this house for so long with you, you know? And they they kind of always seemed like that couple that was like, together but they were apart a lot too you know? but uh, yeah that's what i mean so why not just yeah, keep exactly. it like it is but who knows you don't want to live a lie yeah, that's, yeah. that's good that's respectable what do you think about um what do you think about what's going on with matt gates and marjorie taylor green now i don't really know much about their connection so um apparently they're just they want to kind of join forces as two of the most hated people in republican politics right now i guess and just kind of create a new coalition because you know nobody wanted to join her all christian all white coalition the so white coalition. um yeah the they're white the white <laughs> they're, they're saying that they could join ranks just to kind of make it a little bit more a little bit more common and mainstream trying to get people on board this is a this is a little video Let's see what this says right here talking about them hanging out together so it's been revealed that uh, through Joel Greenberg's uh, confession letter that Matt Gates did definitely pay for sex multiple times, including uh, with a 17-year-old. Uh, and so he is desperately in need of uh, both a distraction and some allies. And so it seems natural that this guy who now almost certainly was having I even feel saying having sex with a 17 year old feels uh, deeply uh, problematic and sick, but um, so I know we were talking about this earlier. This is the latest wrinkle in the Matt Gates scandal. A letter has surfaced that the Daily Beast has got a hold of, and they've done handwriting analysis to show some proof 
that the letter was written by Joe Greenberg to Roger Stone saying, hey, yeah, these illegal things did happen. Specifically, Matt Gates had sex with the 17-year-old girl. Supposedly, it is on camera. Maybe it's it was a, a group orgy and somebody got it on film. So that's like the new orgy. wrinkle. Th- th- that's what they're saying. It's like it had to be some kind of a group setting is the way it the way it's coming right. out right now. So I think that's going to be a while before anything else happens with that. Group setting is in there was like, like multiple multiple people engaging in some kind of sexual activity at some of these parties oh, and things Carlson like that. Tucker Carlson could have been there. Who knows? That's the thing. Roger Stone could have been there. That's remember we talked about last time. How far does this go up the flagpole? So right. like Matt uh, Joe Greenberg is turning in Matt Gates. Who would Matt Gates turn in, if anyone? But that's what I was t- saying to you, you earlier. Is it's bizarre, and we didn't really watch that video. You stopped it at thirty seconds. <laughs> we'll keep going. Um, but it's bizarre that Marjorie is is teaming up with Gates because the whole thing about QAnon was trying to find pedophiles, pedophiles. Uh-huh. Uh, the secret pedophile ring within the political, the democratic political, right. whatever. The Hillary Clintons well, of the world. If she teams up with Gates, she will find them. Oh, yeah. Of we course. will find. <laughs> She's already found one. Julian has found them. <laughs> Maybe that's her plan. She's trying to trick him and team up so she can find them. <laughs> I seriously doubt it. All right, let's see what else these guys say. Yeah, it's all out there. So why wouldn't Marjorie Green step to the plate and help him out? Marjorie Green, the woman whose entire worldview is based around a belief in a behind the scenes hidden cabal of political elites who prey on young people for sex, is the one person not only sticking with Matt Gates, but going on the road. I love how we don't even have to watch the video yet to understand like, I like how we come in and organically, I try not to watch all these videos. I wanna watch them with you guys and get the reaction. But yeah, like we can't be the only people thinking these things out there. But am I also the only one thinking that this doesn't surprise me? Isn't that troubling that the Republican oh. Party just doesn't surprise me anymore? It's like, yeah, why yeah. wouldn't they doesn't take it the after you slept with a 17 year old admitting it? It doesn't surprise me, just nothing anybody does anymore in that, uh, in that area, I guess, of uh, of politics, but I don't know. We'll move on to something a little bit more interesting with, uh, I know Jesse's gonna like this. Jesse, he'll never say his real name on air, but listen for that accent. He's our Ivy League educated Latinx political expert and way overqualified for this podcast. Yes, way overqualified. So I know you like uh, when, when uh, Latinos, people in the Mexican culture, uh, get to step up, get a, you know, find themselves maybe being second generation or even first generation. Um, this girl right here, if you could say her name for me, I don't want to say incorrectly. Stephanie Gutierrez. Stephanie Gutierrez. On her way to Harvard. On her way to Harvard, but I, I really want you to watch this video if it plays without an advertisement, which it probably will not. So she is there with her family, and they're opening up her acceptance letters that she received from multiple different universities. I kind of like these videos. I'm, I'm yeah. a sucker for these like these kids that decide to like post their acceptance letters because it's, it's it's not a letter anymore though. Yeah, with the email, I mean email because it's really great. When I was getting it, it was a letter. Either they start crying in excitement, 
or they start crying because their life is over and they didn't accept it into their school, their choice. Either way, I'm all for it because this is good. This is good content. It plays. Never can do anything anymore without a commercial. Let's see. Here she is. This is from Good Morning America. I got it. <laughs> Here in I she got Brown University. Brown University. And Yale. Yale. And all her family are sitting around. Dartmouth. Dartmouth. Wow. Oh my god. And Harvard. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty good. I give her credit. It's difficult to get into one of those schools. What do you have to have like a perfect? Every single one of those schools. What do you have to have like a perfect SAT score for something like that to happen? I mean, it's it's definitely game changing. I mean, especially being in, being Latino. I mean, myself being first generation, it's it's something you aspire to, and it's something that doesn't seem realistic. So being able to reach the higher echelons of of Ivy League education is just that's game changing. I mean, that's that's life changing. Oh yeah, that letter. Their whole family will be changed forever now if something doesn't strange happen. Yeah. Are you the first person in your family to go to college? No, my brother went. But I mean, yeah, I'm the first generation. Yeah, first generation. We're the first ones that go out. My mom actually, that's her. That's been her job for the past like 10 or 15 years. Is working at a program trying to get uh, kids who are first generation to go to college. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, if you, it's proven fact that if you go to a university, mm -hmm. that that that's automatically putting you in the direction to be middle class, which is everything everybody strives for. You know what I mean? Buying a home, living that American dream, and getting there is is one of those things that's going to transform you in your life. So I mean, I agree. I think, something cool I think to one see. of the big uh, things about it too is not only education, but is going to a place and learning and hanging out and being around people who have the norms of the middle class too. Because that's really important in getting a job too. Because like. I don't know, I've worked with people who obviously like have been in generational poverty and like sometimes they're not so good to act, they don't really know how to act at some of the events or things like that in, in an interview. So I think like going and having those more That's definitely people, part of what college is know, all about. You meet people that aren't yeah. quite like you, you might you'll you'll meet it you cannot go to a university and not meet a transgender person. You might even have a transgender professor or a gay art right. teacher or a black history teacher or all these different things that when you come from a small little town, then you go off to this university that might not even be that far away from where you're from, but you just enter this this new bubble. Right. But it's, it's a huge. Uh, it's a huge bubble, but it's still a bubble. But it's a more diverse bubble, so it lets people feel a little bit more comfortable about kind of being themselves, coming out as right. more of a not gay, but you know, just coming out or transgender, coming out as more of like a, a different version of themselves, a more adult version of themselves. Without just going straight from high school to like work in a shop or something like that, you're you're not getting that. You're not getting to mix with your peers of your own age, right. where you have those times to do silly things and make mistakes. But in this somewhat protected society of the university, it's not, I think it's that's good. Like not real life. It's almost yeah. It's almost like not real life. It's kind of practice life. Yeah. But people, I think people need that. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I mean, more so. and more you hear like people like, oh, I don't want to call it, I'm going to make my own path. Mm -hmm. um, education is important. 
And it's also one of those things for like so... for this girl. I mean, who could be a first generation. Uh, not only does she go to university, her whole family goes to the university because they'll learn from from her struggles and her mistakes and her accomplishments. And even that whole community. I mean, that going to the university is going to open up doors for everybody in that community. Like, hey, you know, Stephanie just got to Harvard. You can go. You to can Harvard. do it too. It she becomes might a, be the only person in the community that went to Harvard. Like, yeah, it becomes. Yeah. It becomes a realistic goal for that community now Definitely. because one of their peers has done it. You know I mean, yep. it's broken that glass ceiling, as you would say. Well, now that we're talking about that, uh, let's come back and let's talk about what Biden is trying to do to help people get more educated. Hey, you over there, don't pick at it. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Stand by. All right, so um, I know you all go know in here, but... Um, one of Biden's new proposals is to give children two years of free education. I assume that would be from like three to five because you go to kindergarten and five. And then two years of community college or some kind of a college after high school. So um, let's just see what he has to say about it. There's a little clip right here. Inside the House chamber will be very limited by social distancing guidelines. So this the was the, this was the speech tonight at 10. And there's one topic in Joe tonight's Biden speech that a lot of parents will be paying close attention to, free pre-K. KPRC2 Sophia Ojeda live at a Harris County Head Start office with a look at that proposal. Sophia, good morning. Good morning, Lisa and Owen. $200 billion would go to this universal pre-K plan if it's approved. That's free pre-K for all three-year-olds and four-year-olds. But this would come at an increased cost, increased taxes for some households. Research shows kids who attend pre-K are more likely to do better in math and reading and less likely to repeat a grade. But many low-income families may not have access to preschool programs. President Joe Biden is expected to announce his $1.5 trillion American Families Plan, which would include $200 billion for free preschool. If approved, it would provide states federal money to offer free preschool to families. So he's not saying, you gotta send your kid to school. You must send your kid to school to learn all this. No, if you want to send your kid to preschool for free instead of paying $800 a month for daycare, where you just have some fat ass sitting there painting her nails while kids color or play in a sandbox with cat poop in it, you can do that. So you can get a cheaper version of, a cheaper and better version where they're actually getting an education versus glorified babysitting. Because I know we were talking about that before, about a lot of the religious institutions. Um, people like to send their kids to church camps and Sunday schools and Wednesday service and Sunday night. Guess what? Because it's free daycare. Send your kids somewhere there they can at least learn something real versus some kind of nonsense that you are trying to force down their throats. That's my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I went to preschool. But it's but it's definitely I went to preschool too. I think you know what oddly And guess did we all graduate from university? Yeah. Some with higher degrees than others, but we all have universal you know, uh, university funny, degrees. The funny part is you would think that it doesn't have that big of an impact on a kid's life. Like he's three years old. I mean what is what is he gonna do? Color? How does that make an impact? But it's proven fact, like scientific studies have been done over and over and over again to show that if you go to preschool 
you actually will finish high school, yet you're at a higher rate than other people and go to college and be more successful in life. And it's crazy to think that. So, I mean, when, when the data is there to show that it actually does make a difference, why aren't we investing in our kids? I agree. Yeah, you know I mean, Let, let's, let's put in the money. Let's make sure that they do better because in the long run, we do better. I, I yep. totally agree. I totally agree, man. So you went to preschool too. Your brother probably went to preschool. Yeah, we all went to preschool. See, so so many people just take that for granted. Like, yeah, I went to preschool. It's not all communities have that where you can just take their kid to a free preschool or or something where it's safe, easily accessible. Uh, yeah, how does preschool work now? Like, but you know, what I think you pay for it, but some counties I think have have it. But like, this is saying it's going to be a universal program that they're giving money to the states to allocate you don't have to send them to preschool if you wanted to keep it home that's kind of what they're saying as an option as an option yeah i think it's also like for the kids is just being able to interact with a lot of people their own age and learning all those social constructs that you know you develop later on but you for these kids, they learn at an earlier age. It's kind know. of like that thing where it's like some some people don't need it because their mothers stay home and they read them books and they teach them things like that. But a lot of people don't have that option, so it's 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 making up for that gap. It's bridging that gap between the people who yeah. have the opportunity and have it read to, and then the parents who are either busy or just shitty and don't fucking talk to the kids. You know what I'm saying? Because there is a lot of shitty parents. Yeah, there's oh, there, there's, I mean, there's so many shitty parents out there. <laughs> there's so fucking and many. They, they just, they really they never read their kid a goddamn book because no. they never read a book. Because they don't they, know how to read or they yeah. don't like or reading. they don't like to read. Yeah, yeah and they're yeah, like, exactly. why would you want to read, you Why'd weirdo you kid? Why would you read? You turn on some cartoons and go play Yeah, when you turn on Spongebob or hand him an iPad. But at least nowadays with this technology and things like that, kids are learning. Just by going on the computer and chatting with their friends, they're learning... They're learning to read and and they're, they're learning communication skills and things like that, you know. Um, all right, let's come back and let's talk about low testosterone in males due to veganism or vegetarianism. Leave all the toxic vibes behind. And get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. All right, so um, I know earlier we, we were talking about how we cannot watch TV without seeing some kind of like boner pill, ED pill kind of stuff lately. Um, we're talking about how like that was never a thing back in the past. That was not something like you... Saw like you heard of Viagra, but it wasn't so did like. Talk, did people just have it, or they just? Did they well, talk? apparently, from my understanding, is Viagra lost its copyright recently, or trademark, or whatever it is. So people were able to sell it under different names, mm-hmm. and with these services like Roman and Keeps, what's the one that Jennifer Lopez owns? Hims. Hims. Right. Like. You basically do a remote doctor visit, which is not allowed in every state. Like, I use the keeps for my hair, which has really worked. That's my God. Like, I was never really bald, but where it was starting to go thin on the top, if I go back and look at before and after pictures, it's like drastic difference. 
so keeps, but you can't get let, that in every state. Keeps, so keeps, if you're listening, we'd love to sponsor. We we love keeps. Uh, <laughs> I love the keeps. Well, keeps and hymns and all those things. I feel like they're reaching out to like a certain demographic. They are. Like, 20 to whatever. What do they call, like, not gay guys, but the ones that, like, take... Metrosexual. Uh, metrosexual, but people yes. who people who are, like, losing their hair or have erectile dysfunction at 55 aren't going to use keeps and hips. Well, at that point, like, I think with the hair, it's already... You're already kind of... Well, I'm saying just the, just the marketing isn't hey, towards that. Yeah, and I also think it's True. mostly, it's like, just, for a lot of younger people, it's preventative. They see their It's preventative. Or they, That's what they I did. They feel yeah. like it, it's going to get a little thin. They, they're taking an active step now before you get to this level where yes. you don't have any hair. Right? And like, the thing about the, yeah. the remote doctor visit is... So, like, when I do my renewal, I have to pretend like I'm in California because you're not allowed to do teledoctoring in Nevada for some silly reason. I know, that's one of those, this is stupid, but... So, basically, you do a doctor appointment over the phone or through an app. I didn't even talk to anyone. I just took some photos and stuff. So, I don't know if you have to take a picture of your, like, flaccid wiener that you can't get it up for ED pill or what do you have to do, but... <laughs> It can't be that it's like complicated. Video. It's like, I tried to put my cock my girlfriend It didn't work. It just didn't work. Like, but I mean, I'm glad people are getting getting well, something they saying, need. Is ED like actually a big problem? I, like, I think it's become more are, like, of a big younger, problem. Like, like mid-20s? I, I think what we talked about before is, like, well, this is saying that vegetarians and vegans are losing testosterone and... I think that it. I think it all kind of combined. I think porn has had a, something to do with it. People can people can find enjoyment in other things other than their partner. I also think that people are partnering up with people, not as much about sex or to have a baby, because they want to be with that person or they are friend. Uh, they're like their best friend and they want to share their life with them. It's not as much about yeah, okay, this is just the person I'm gonna bang forever and then we're gonna pop out. 2.5 kids and get a little dog of a picket fence. Yeah, but sex is important. Oh, it definitely it's is. very important. But I think by, almost by like putting this out there with all these ED pills, it's kind of like everybody should have it. But from my understanding, if you take that unnecessarily, you'll not get, your, your, your parts will, not, will stop working on their own because, because you're having to right, force right, it. right. And I think that's Wait, the so problem is, they say about porn like, also. Is Hims trying to get people to unnecessarily take uh, Viagra so therefore they'll be hooked on Viagra for the rest I, of their customers? It almost kind of seems like, a, like is that. Is it like a, like a capitalism thing? I've never tried to get a prescription, but like, I know, I I know just, people... It kind of worries me. Like, oh, I agree. It, it, you see it, old, you can't turn on a TV show without seeing it. The guys with Cialis and Viagra, mm-hmm. they showed like 60-year-old guys that, okay... Right. That's that. That's, but I think you know what it might be. Is like they might have done like a survey or a poll or something and found out that there is a demographic more than you think. Let's look up and see. Let's can we look up and see if it's actually a, let's actually see. a problem. Like, uh, I mean, like, let's see. Let's because see. like I, I, I just can't imagine like if you're a healthy person who exercises, who eats well, who is a functioning person, but not a vegan eat. though, because that lowers your testosterone. It says. <laughs> Logan's like. Oh, the first thing that pops up, Blue Chew. So uh, one, of the, one of the radio shows I listen to, there's this guy on it, um, and he's kind of like the gym guy or whatever, and he does these commercials for Blue Chew, and he's in his early to mid-30s maybe. He doesn't need it, but he's like, yeah, it just gives me that little extra boost and blah, blah, blah. But like, you don't need an extra boost. Like, I mean, what kind of extra boost do you need? 
Alright, this is the stat I think we we're looking for. Alright, what percentage of males have erectile dysfunction? This study found that around 52% of men experience some kind of ED, and that total of ED increased from about 5 to 15% between the ages of 40 and 70. So, I mean, I'm only five years away from being 40 myself. I think that people's bad, I think people's bad eating habits, bad diets, bad exercise, is all kind of going into the, all this what's together. What's the age? What's like the age? What's the what's the what's the ED at at twenty five? It's got to be fucking two percent. What age do guys have trouble getting hard? That's a question yeah. on Google. I'm reading it right off the day. Uh, it says about a quarter of men said that erection problems started between the age of fifty and fifty nine, and forty percent said they started between the age of sixty and sixty nine. Yeah, so okay, it so doesn't look like it's in young. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't look like it's in young, so that's why it bothers me because I know most people who get hymns are younger. I mean, it's so I have this. Uh, oh, what do you got? I what do you got, Jesse? pulled up. So from healthline.com, it says a 2013 study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine suggests that ED is more common among younger men than previously thought. Research found that ED affected 26% of adult men under 40. Almost half of these young men had severe ED, while only 40% of older men with ED had severe ED. So, I mean, you know what might be the issue? Wait, wait, is wait, honest, wait, wait. What might be the thing is, I'm, I'm assuming that people are just more vocal if they're having issues. But I might I say, so like, people that, back in the days, if you had ED, might not have said anything. True. Because it's not just embarrassing. You about. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, it, people are And like, it's easier to go on an app I, than actually make it. People would be like, yo, my it. junk doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, what's up? I get that, but I just don't think, like, I don't know, really, I'm not a doctor, but I'm saying, like, you're the doctor, Talk but, to whoever. but, is that, that, that doesn't seem like it's supposed to be happy, like, I agree. Like, like, you know what I'm saying, like, so, ED isn't, okay, so women's sexual organs, they begin changing, and they're probably, like, the late, like, in their 40s and 50s, they're no longer able to have children. True. So, women's prime time is like 20, oh, yeah. mid-30s. But the okay, men so don't want saying, to have babies men, then. Okay, so men should, like, it, that makes sense. The correlation should be that men should be very healthy and have their best have their best sex in their 20s and early 30s, right? 30s. I mean, they say that guys kind of peak in their 30s and 40s. Okay, well, that makes sense because that's when their, their partner makes is, sense. is going to have... A, a, a so from like a biological standpoint, mm-hmm. it makes sense. So that's not, that's what I'm taking from this is somebody in their 20s probably shouldn't be suffering from I agree. dysfunction. Well, it should be rare. So this uh, this little blurb right here is talking about what causes erectile dysfunction dysfunction in people in their 20s. Uh, it basically says there's no singular thing you can point to and say this is it for everybody. Of course. But uh, it could range from different things from cardiovascular issues like blood flow, um, blood flow problems, all the way to psychological issues, performance anxiety, depression, potentially even the overuse of pornography. They just spell it out right here. We were talking about that earlier too. I think that kind of goes into the performance anxiety part. Like, okay, you see all these guys on porn and they got like a Clydesdale, a Clydesdale hanging off and they're... They're like, right. they're like super soaking the girl, like super soaking her. And you're like, oh, I can't do that. You know, that's not real so you, sex though. Right. That's what people don't. I think that there is a, I think that 
there is like a something that's happened at a certain age. So speaking about erectile dysfunction, I have breaking news, Doctor. Oh, what what is breaking news? Breaking news. Hold on, hold on. We're breaking news. Breaking Breaking news. Hold on. I just got my (laughs) prescription. Where we go? Where we go? Breaking news, Justin. Feel free to turn your head and cough. What do you got? So breaking news. Nevada brothels reopen after long hiatus. Sex workers can get back to work. Yeah. Yes. Since we're talking about that, uh, we're talking about hallelujahs. <laughs> uh, what? I know Dude, you know this, but... Was, the last time I had sex was right before they closed. <laughs> I had to get it in. I, I, we all saw it coming. I, so it's in Nevada, like oh for the whole state, I guess. Um, so... I know we talked about what's going on in New York was similar to that. In New York, they're not going to prosecute women for pros- prostitution anymore. Um, they, they're going to basically go after the guys. Um, I can't even spell this right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I heard that story as well. So instead of prosecuting the prostitutes, they're going prosecu- to prosecute the Johns. Yes. So the Manhattan District Attorney announced Wednesday that they will no longer prosecute prostitution and unlicensed massages, putting uh, the weight on the most highly profiled law enforcement office of the United States behind the growing movement to change criminal justice system approach to sex work. So it's not only going to... They're not only trying to transform the criminal justice system for different people of different races, they're also throwing in... Um, sex workers and people that do work at these massage parlors. So if you do give a guy a happy ending, like Robert Kraft from the Patriots, um, you're not going to be arrested. But um, the stories that I was reading were saying that they will go after the guys, but will they really? Let's see what they got to say. I think there's a, I think there might be a video. Let's see if this is a, this is from The Hill. Did we get this without a commercial? New York has definitely been doing some interesting things, um, yeah, especially with the weed, right? legalizing <laughs> weed, basically legalizing uh, prostitution. Like, I mean, what do you? I mean, that's as close as you can get to legalizing it without legalizing it, right? right? With it, with in, within our society, the way we the way we demonize those kind of things, and but most of the time, the woman's a victim. I mean, but are they is what they're trying to say. If you want to go out and blow a guy for 50 bucks, why shouldn't you be able to do that? Um, that's just like, hey, I want to take somebody for a ride and in my car and drive for Uber. Sometimes they're forced to go out. But I think they're saying with this is if you had it legal and you did, they didn't have to think they had all, have to have all these protections and things like that, that they wouldn't be so worried about having somebody to protect them and... It wouldn't be looked upon as such a criminal enterprise. Let's see what they got to say. Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance Jr. announced on Wednesday that his office would no longer prosecute prostitution and unlicensed massage. According to a press release from the office, the new policy will prevent unnecessary future contacts with the criminal justice system, eliminate the collateral consequences associated with having a prostitution case or conviction, and quote, empower New Yorkers to interact with law enforcement without fear of arrest or deportation. Okay. So they're really trying to take away the stigma behind it. If something happens and they do get beat up by somebody, they should be able to go to the cops and be like, hey, you know, I met up with this guy. He 
he like beat me up and raped me or you know whatever but right now they don't feel like they can do that because they are committing a crime right that makes sense you know what I mean I think it's a it's a big issue like in immigrant communities that a lot of crimes that take place in immigrant communities I think it's the same issue with like a lot of the Asian hate that's been going on mm-hmm. that they're afraid to go to police to you know to report these crimes taking place because they don't have legal status and I think it could be the same regard for uh, prostitutes that you know could get raped and don't get paid you know I mean oh, but yeah. they don't go to police because they're prostituting themselves I, I totally agree you know I mean but I think New York was very clear that they're still going to to prosecute sex trafficking, which they definitely. Oh, what well, I don't make. understand is why don't. Okay, when I was in college, me and my friend decided one summer we were we were bored. We wanted to do something wholesome, so we were we were at Walmart. We bought some fishing rods. It was like four or five of us. There was a there's a river that went behind some of the apartments, and we was like, oh, let's go out there and just fish. Let's just fish. We got a fucking ticket. They came around, gave us fishing without a license tickets. <laughs> Fishing with, who do you like, uh, uh, fishing. He, and the worst thing is, he said, well, if you would have picked up crickets or worms uh, and used live bait that you found, oh, that would have been fine. But since we got, like, those fake things, that was, I had to go to, like, the DA's office and say, like, hey, this is ridiculous, people. Like, well, you're giving me a ticket for fishing? Is for is for, like, sustainability reasons, because when they stock the lake, they want to make sure that you have to have a license in order to take things It wasn't a lake. stocked lake. It was, like, a little river. We weren't even catching anything. But what I'm going with this is, if you have to have a real estate, a real estate license, a fishing license to go out and catch a fish that naturally is in the the ocean, the creek, the river, the whatever, why can't we have some kind of license for people that want to be sex workers? Every three months, you got to come get tested. You renew your license. Maybe you don't even charge them. Maybe it's like they come in and they get free medical care too if they do catch something. So you're not spreading disease around the community so it becomes a safer way of doing it. I'm signing up to be a sex worker. Why not? They do it in other countries. That that I kind of learned whenever I came to Nevada was, I mean, we always like talk to them. We, I mean, we, people, we call them hookers, Mm -hmm. whores, prostitutes. And, you know, working on the hyper-liberal campaigns that I have, some people didn't really like that language. And they call them sex workers, but I I actually learned that that's the correct term in Nevada because they actually are legally having sex and they're working. But there is no sex. permitting or anything like that, is there? Or is there? No, well, I think it's correct. I mean, the, the business has just, a permit. They have to be part of a business. Gotcha. I think, the, I think the terms are important because like it humanizes people. No, it does. I mean, even like it's easy to talk about like illegal aliens. They seem so foreign to you, like. It's an illegal alien. Well, who cares about an illegal alien? But I mean, but if you, but if they're just immigrants, you know, I mean, they're they're people too. You know what I mean, and, and I think it's the same with with, with sex workers. I mean, they're it, it might be an unconventional way to earn a living, but it's consensual here in the state of Nevada. It's legal. I mean, they're taxpayers. I don't know. I st- there is still a part of me that doesn't want to see women degrading their bodies like that. But if so they your, wanted to do it, on, and wait, 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 you're also saying it's a woman. What if it's a man that wanted to do it? You know, what if it's a man? Like, we're not just saying know, women here, we're just saying The, to- the majority of the industry is not men. So what do you think about strippers, uh, Logan from Kansas? Um, I mean, I think that's different because there's not the sexual aspect of it. 
Like, you understand what I'm saying? Is like fresh from the fields of Kansas really to cloud your ears with that Gucci knowledge. Warning, stand clear. This right? could affect like, your that's, test results. They're much better than Get that. your mind right at Dr. Whoever. But if that's what they want to do, maybe they spent, maybe they worry a lot about what they look like and they like it. I mean, and if they're making a thousand dollars a week or more, I mean, these women probably, some of them probably make a lot of money. And if they had a way to do it where they were doing it legally and paying taxes. But and are they doing that because it's the best thing that they can do for the amount of options that they have? Or is it because they had the options and they chose to say, I'm going to go well, I think that's part of it. Not everybody has all these options that you or I or other people that we know have. So some people just try to do the best they can with what they have. And, and what everybody that. has is their body. And just like somebody wants to go out and be a football player and smash their head in to another guy for years, yeah. you know, it's who am I to say that's any better than a woman just gives a guy a little Slurpee yeah. for fifty bucks? No, I, I agree with the. I agree with making it more legal. I just, I, I and I don't want women to get prosecuted for it. Mm-hmm. I just also don't want women to have to do it. Yeah. I feel like with taking it. The stigma away only makes it safer. Right. I say the same thing with uh, gay people, homosexual, AIDS, HIV. There's so many things now to stop STDs, to stop HIV. When things like that become more acceptable in, in society, you don't have guys going to a hotel to meet up with some guy to bang it out real quick for 30 minutes so they can rush home to their wife and their two kids because they're ashamed of themselves but they really want to do this to get this release. You, It's more accepted and you don't feel so shady. You'd be more likely to take a, a prep pill so you don't get disease or if you got something coming out though somewhere where you shouldn't be coming out, go to the doctor, find out what that ooze is. You know, be more open like, hey man, I just think our acceptance of each other and sexual needs is just only going to make us a healthier society as we become less worried about who's doing who in their own home. That kind of goes back to the ED thing, too. Yeah. It all ties together. It all ties together. All right. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about the YOLO economy. the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Your headset not working good? Can you hear? You hear everything good? Okay, can you hear good in the headphones? No, but can you hear okay in your headphones? Oh, it's all good? It's all good? Alright, good, good, good. Alright, so which, which, uh, let's do the I know you're very YOLO, Logan. You're uh, kind of a YOLO, YOLO kind of guy. So uh, let's do a Logan intro. Logan, this reformed Mormon and political insider's positive Gen Z attitude will make you want to puke. Grab that bed pan and make way for splatter. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Get your mind right at DoctorWhoever.com. So uh, I guess they're talking about... This YOLO economy, have you heard of this? Where this this is some new thing. I, I've talked about it, but I never referred to it as the YOLO economy. But I think you've heard me speak about this before, where people have 
over this past year especially. Could you explain what YOLO is? Oh, you only live once. YOLO. Y-O-L-O. This is on Fox News, so I feel like it should be pretty mainstream. <laughs> but how accurate. Is that, is that is true. That is true. There's multiple services. So this, this happened to be the shortest clip. That's why I, I don't even know who this, this girl is, to be honest. But look at her face. She looks like she's ready to be a sex worker. <laughs> All right. So basically they're talking about, like, people got a taste of what it... I think maybe kind of the Europeans live a little bit. But they get, like, some less stress. I can get my job done at home from Zoom without having to go drive an hour and pay for lunch and park and get coffee and get dry cleaning for my suits and worry about my kids going to daycare. I can do my job from home. So millennials and the Gen Zs, they're just being like, peace out. If you want me to come back to the office, peace out. I'll find somebody that wants me, um, that they'll let me stay at home and do the job for the same amount or maybe less money because of that work-life balance. Turns out that working can be a lot easier when the commute is to your couch. I think a lot of people are experiencing that. The New York Times reporting some millennials are deciding to quit their jobs rather than return to the office now that they have seen the perks of working from home. I swear to God, I did not watch this video. I mean, can I some be honest? Like, yeah. I just went back into the office last week and, you know, I did the whole... 25-minute commute to the office, and then, you know I me, mean? I, you know, did some work, then I got hungry, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have my fridge here. I don't have my food here. I got to go out and go buy food. You spend, spend so money much now. money. And then I, then at the end of the day, I had to come back 25 minutes to come back home. Mm-hmm. I lost an hour of my day. I spent $10 on food when I could have just done And you had to dress home. up, and... Yeah, I, had to, I had to wake up an hour early to, to get ready, get prepared, look presentable, yeah, I mean, as opposed to the last few days where you know, it's 30 minutes and I could answer some emails from bed and get up when I wanted to, then go make my coffee, you know, we start my day from the sofa, like she said. And it just was more seamless, easier, Pleasant. I was less stressed, I wasn't worried about the time. I actually did more work because I didn't have to drive. I, got, I went straight to work as soon as I woke up. Same. I've always worked from home. Before this pandemic, I when I do my marketing... Um, where I run these campaigns, I will usually live in a city that I'm doing the market in, but I work for a company that's in like Chicago or LA or something, and I'm in like Washington DC or Philadelphia or San Diego or Las Vegas like I am now. And it's just it's just a better work-life balance when you can get some stuff done at home. Say you're watching TV at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, you want to bust out a report for the next day, so you can sleep in an extra hour, or you just don't have to worry about that. I get, I get what they're saying. All right, let's see what else they got to say. Um, basically, it says, uh, the New York Times, welcome to the YOLO economy. Burned out and, fl- and flushed with savings, some workers are quitting stable jobs in search of post-pandemic adventure. Millennials even say that the pandemic convinced them to drop out of corporate life with stable, cushy jobs and instead pursue risky dreams that would be unthinkable in the days before COVID. Cat. Like a podcast. Tim joins us on that. This is fascinating because I think everyone has someone in their life. It's a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle, cousin, whatever it is, who have made major life changes because of the pandemic. Some good, some bad. Right. And it absolutely makes sense uh, for two reasons. One of them is obviously this pandemic was in some way a traumatic event for all of us, whether we lost a loved one or, you know, just 
not being able to be around other people, which is living in a way that is nothing like how humans are supposed to live. Or you always make this choice, right? Do I want this stable career or do I want to do what I love? And when this happened and multiple industries were basically shut down, people probably started asking themselves, wait, what does stability even mean? And does it even exist? Yeah. I, there was something going on there that before all this where there was a bit of an entitlement thing going on where, you know, people coming out of college believed that they could go, you know, travel the country, travel the world yeah. while trying to maintain a job. I think it gave them more of an excuse, maybe, Kat. They can hold down the job, the income continues while they travel. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. And, and right, I, obviously, you or I did not have <laughs> that luxury with, you know, but... I love my job, it's, it's, I have a fun job, right? But for, for some people, yeah, it, they've been working from home. I see some of my friends, they follow them on Instagram, and it's like, oh, they're in Mexico, oh, they're in Dubai, oh, they're, and they're still working. Yeah. So to say, hey, you gotta be back in the office, a lot of people might be saying to themselves, you know what, I really like being able to go to Dubai on a Tuesday. Yeah. That's like when we were in, I can't remember where it was, we were in Greece, or we were somewhere, Greece, it was Greece. In the first couple of days we were there, I had to go find a little coffee shop, get some work done because I had a campaign that was still going on, but we had already booked the, the trip. So I, with the time change, I was able to get my stuff done, still work from home, keep in contact with the person that I had running it for me on the ground. And I was on vacation, but it was almost kind of like a little semi-vacation. Um, and it worked out just fine. Everything worked out. Because I feel like so many people just waste time in an office, you know, they just like, dicking around, talking to people, sending stupid chain emails and like going to the break room, just all kinds of silliness like that. You fingering the microphone over there? Logan likes to, Logan likes to break everything in here. I'm, uh, I created, a, uh, I created a, a sound effect for when you break things. Wait, can I, can I give like a popular opinion? Go for it. I kind of like going to the office. I know you do, but everybody's a little because bit different. I, because, no, and I totally understand the other side of it. For me, I like it because, one, I'm a people person. I really like talking to people and seeing people, and it helps me get my work done. And two, uh, it actually does make me more productive, I feel like. And two, I feel like I can make better strides in my career when I am somewhere where there's other people, and I can make those personal connections when I was like a good example of this is when I was on Biden uh -huh. it was all remote name drop but I couldn't <laughs> but I couldn't like hey have make that little connection have that little thing where it's like maybe I can get this opportunity you know when I was on Tom I agree I could do that in the office name drop. you know what I'm saying like, see if I were still that, that, and that's new. the only thing about remote is like you're not really getting that like if you're kind of newer in your career your way to the top yeah. of the thing I could see how you would need I, that I, I yeah. kind of get what Logan says a lot yeah. of a lot of the industry and uh, in politics is is who you know in networking mm -hmm. so in that regard yeah it does make sense and I'm gonna be honest like today like there's a lot of things going on before and I would have liked to have been in the office so I can just talk to someone as opposed to, like, I was sending text messages, and at one point I was like, just call me. Because, I mean, I'm, <laughs> this is getting nowhere. And he's like, oh, did you mean this or did you, did you mean that? He's like, just call me. Well, yeah, I, but you could call someone times, anytime. Yeah, and I think there's times where being in an office does help. Uh, My favorite thing about going to the office is I can, like, swipe some printer paper and print a bunch of stuff in color. <laughs> Go use the printer. I well, um, I haven't been in an office in a while. 
Alright, we're gonna come back and we're gonna we're gonna see an interesting video where uh, this 13 year old kid goes on a goes on a scavenger hunt. We gotta see what he turns up at the end. Always here to be your second opinion. Or third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. You get the picture. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Always on at DoctorWhoever.com. Alright, so this is a really interesting video I, I saw a couple days ago. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it or not. Of course, it's like pulling up on Facebook, so let's see how it goes. Um, this is a social experiment where they take a 13-year-old American white kid um, and they uh, just take him on a little scavenger hunt to buy a couple things. Take a ride with Jack, a 13-year-old boy from Virginia who just got his braces off and usually spends Saturday morning playing basketball with his friends. But he's also a young actor. And today, we hired him to help us make a point. We asked him to take a drive around town with his mother, of course, since he's not nearly old enough to drive a car. We pass shops where he isn't old enough to work the register. Then we stop at the convenience store to see Jack try to buy beer. No, 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 no. no beer for you, Jack. can't believe he even tried. Literally, he looks like he's At the next store, Jack tries to buy cigarettes with no luck. Cannot sell Later, you cigarettes. He strikes out trying to buy Ooh, racy magazines. He's in the nasty video. Sorry. Right. Okay. Thank you. And then lottery tickets. Can I get a couple scratches? Can't even get a lottery ticket. How old are you? You have ID? Thirteen. You what? I'm thirteen. You can't get no scratch Baby. Okay. That's sweet. <laughs> it's laughable to everyone here. Oh, it's the so idea funny. That we'd ever I love expose it. a thirteen-year-old to the dangers of a lottery ticket. So dangerous. But then Them we arrive here. At the gun show. Shotguns. Pretty good. It just shook pretty good for you. Within minutes, the 13-year-old easily and legally bought a 22 caliber rifle from a private seller and walked away with it. Now tell me that's a good thing. There's obviously a problem here, you know. Let's just... This just goes back to what we were talking about earlier with like the prostitution and having a license for that. And fishing. You have to have a license to fish. And... But you don't have to have uh, any kind of license to buy a shotgun when you're 13 years old. So the people... That's a problem. The, the, the thing... Okay. <laughs> the, difference of, the difference of when he was at a gun show and he was at other shops is that the, the gun show is basically like you're showing up to... Like you're a private... It's not a business. You're not in a business. You're kind of just privately there. Well, that's the point. It doesn't... It shouldn't matter. That's, what it's, called, also, that's what's called a loophole. But yeah, also, also, the people who are at the gun shows... They do think that it's okay for a 13-year-old to have a gun, and in a lot of culture, in a lot of that culture, especially in Kansas, there are 13-year-olds who do shoot guns. No, and, guns I, and that's fine. And are fine having but guns. But you shouldn't be able to just guns. go buy one yeah, with cash. Yeah, they don't own the guns. That they're but should Would you be guns. comfortable with you? You had a 13-year-old kid buying a gun, or would you want the the parental rights where you have to go with your kid? To where to buy a gun? No, no, I disagree with this whole thing. I don't think they're trying to buy a gun, but I'm just kind of explaining because, like, I, I, I can see. I don't think the guy who sold him the gun is a bad guy. That's what I'm no. trying to say. Like, he's I, following I, the rule, but the problem is the rule shouldn't be like. But that. I just think that he also probably believes that it's okay for a 13 year old to have a gun. Like, I, I genuinely think that he's been surrounded by a culture of people 
that where it's, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's a. I don't think you mean the, the seller or the purchaser? You need to be 18 to have a gun. That's that's like that's. Well, obviously you don't. Well, I'm saying in reality, I think you should have. To oh, be obviously. I mean, if you should have to show an ID and have it scanned to get into a bar, shouldn't you? Don't you think you should have to have something similar just to be able to buy a right. gun? Right. Shouldn't there be a list of people that have guns out there and how many they have and? Like, we're all on a database right now because we got our vaccine. I, mean, I think there's certain cultures, even here, like, kids drive at a younger age because they work on a farm, they drive a tractor, which is fine because that's culturally acceptable. Right. But, I mean, they still have to go through when they turn 16 so it's illegal <laughs> for them to drive a car. And you have to take a class a at school and get a, a test. driving instructor because we understand that, I mean, kids make mistakes and they need a, you need it teach them responsibility and I think we need something very similar to, to gun ownership where you need to have a permit you need to go to classes you need to learn you know that you're that. Dealing what's that. what's more dangerous but, but, but they don't have to go to, to go them though I mean, to get a gun license? I mean you have to show that you're able to use a gun I I don't. Don't. what are you talking about? talking about he just went and paid cash and bought a gun you can go to any gun store they'll run your Thing if it doesn't come back, and I think they have loopholes too. Like if it doesn't come back within three days, you just but get you the gun. You have to have a license to buy a gun. No, you don't. Yes, you do. At a gun store. Oh, maybe at a. At a I don't think store. it's a license. But it I think it's no, like. Here's the thing, though. I think it's a. So here's the thing, no, though. That's like so. that's a like saying that's like saying also. No, that, that's that's like to carry it around just to buy a gun. You can just go buy a gun as long as you pass the check. And it's state by state. If there's loopholes, that's also telling kids you have to be 21 to buy alcohol. But if you go to this little show over here, you can be 13 and buy, and buy a vodka, a soda, you know what I mean? And so it doesn't really matter if there is laws saying that you do. If you allow a loophole where you can go around that, people will always go around that and find of a different way. So is it that? So, I, don't, I, I just understand where the gun show guy is coming from. Kids drive around on their farms with a truck and they're 13. They have no license. Kids go run around in the farm and they have a gun and they're shooting around with stuff. Like, it's just like... My yeah. grandpa was an NRA. He's been on the member of the NRA since he was 10 years old. Like... See, I have, like... I've only idea. shot a gun a couple times. Right. It just, there's not really an interest for me to... I've always lived in, like, a city. You know, where am I going to, like, go out to... Right. You know, but here's the thing, though. Also, I'd rather go to brunch. Here's my thing, things. also. My grandpa used to fly on a plane not having to take his shoes off but we after 9-11 I mean we realized that we're living in a whole different world things have changed and I think when we see you know kids bringing guns to school and you know I mean innocent children dying yeah the good old days were great when it comes to like guns and like you know flying and stuff but we have to face the reality is that I mean we're living in a different world I mean kids are being raised differently they're being I mean they're seeing different things on TV there has to be some rules because it's not fair to the kids that are just going to school to get education and have to be scared. No, I agree. Because, I mean, who right. knows? This is a video There's I just pulled up. There's respect for gun ownership that I, I think there yeah. used to be. No, it's not yeah, at all. And, I, much, and right. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think there's a lot of rural places. I've been places in, that, like, the mountains right. where I said, damn, I'd probably have to own a gun if I lived here because there might right. be some kind of exactly. animal. animal. And, but, I mean, but I feel like buying a gun, I probably should have to go to some type of training, gun safety... Work. If you have I mean, to have I a license to fish, you should have to have some it. kind of. I should have to be a certain age. There should have to be a background. I mean, if you get a DUI and you're you have drivers, you have to go to DUI school. You have, you have all uh-huh. these restrictions. They right. put a breathalyzer 
on, on in your, your car. car. Yeah. There's so many restrictions that go in place, and I think there needs to be just the society has to fit the current society. I get that. Society I, get that. I guess my only thing. And was, I agree with you. I feel you know, bad for these people that. But people grew up at a different time. Right. Already. People watching like CNN are gonna be like, oh, he could have been a school shooter. But the thing is, like, the guy who's selling the gun isn't even thinking that he's an old guy. Like, he's not thinking about. He's just like, thinking about making that's, money. That's yeah. exactly like, like, oh my gosh, he could have promoted a school shooter. Like, they rushed to that, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that scare, like. And I, and I agree, and unfortunately, yeah. that's what we have to associate. The young. It's terrible. I mean, it's, it's sad. It's horrible. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to think of a kid who's so mentally distraught that he's only. Thinking about killing his peers and taking his own life. I mean, it's sad that we even have to associate with that. And I think it's a broader picture that, you know, I mean, we need a lot of mental health. Well, this is why I brought it up because New York is also one of the states we talked about. They legalize marijuana. They're kind of legalizing prostitution in some kind of a way. Um, but it's about to come up in the Supreme Court pretty Absol- soon. Um, the decision of if... New York's ban on guns and the handful of other states that have a ban on guns, carrying them like that, um, is that going to be held up based on the, you know, the, the Constitution? Um, we'll see what this says real quick. After another mass shooting, President Biden now calling to tighten gun laws. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future. Nullifying unconstitutional federal laws is both legal and it's also the right thing to do. It's clear as day that a lot of the gun laws that are being debated now would totally infringe the Second Amendment. It could be decades before the Supreme Court makes its mind up. It's silly to sit around and wait for something you know is unconstitutional. It's time. So they say they're saying that it's unconstitutional to have the law that New York has, but you can't have a gun in New York. Um, to be honest, I think that's a little fishy as well. If the Constitution says you have the right to bear arms, how does the state come in? But then don't we have, like, the state's rights? So the states work underneath the Constitution, though, so they can't go against it. The argument I heard was, based on, like, the founding of the country, guns were never allowed in the public area. Um, they just weren't allowed. So that's where they take the argument we're saying that if there's such massive amounts of people in certain areas that guns should not be allowed. They're trying to use interpretation how the founders how the founders have, have thought about the law yes. to be actually be in place if mm-hmm. they were around today. Mm-hmm. Let's see what it's trying to stand up and fight back and the methods that we need to use are the ones already being used by the left. In 1987, Oregon passed a law prohibiting state and local law enforcement from using public resources to arrest or detain people whose only crime was being in the country illegally. Since then, hundreds of other jurisdictions have passed similar laws, becoming what's known as sanctuary cities. There's a new movement among conservative gun rights activists to employ the same strategy. Lawmakers have introduced bills in more than a dozen states that would nullify federal gun control laws. On April 6, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey signed a gun control nullification bill into law. Montana and West Virginia's legislatures have each approved bills that are now awaiting signature or veto from their governors. The Arkansas Senate and the Missouri and South Carolina Houses have each passed such bills, and committees in Texas, Alabama, and New Hampshire have bills that are moving forward in their state legislatures, and similar bills have been introduced in Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, Minnesota, Ohio, Nebraska, Iowa, and Louisiana. So it almost seems like they're trying to make us more of a 
gun society to make the guns more legal in these states. Not, I would say, not more accessible, but more legal to have and carry. I'm not, I don't, so, I don't yeah, have a, I don't have a major problem with it, to be honest. This goes back to the prostitution thing. You were talking about how it, legalizing prostitution can make it safer, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe so there's less um, people who have transmission of diseases, mm-hmm. maybe so there's less people being abused. Wouldn't it also make sense if more people were exposed to guns that there would be less abuse of the guns? Wouldn't that same logic kind of work? You're going to be surprised. I agree with you. I think that by opening these states up to people having the ability to have a gun if they want to have one to protect themselves, like it does say in the Constitution, what I think is going to happen is there's going to have life kind of like a ricochet effect. They're going to do all this, and then the federal government's going to come in and be like, all right, just, okay, remember when vape pens were brand new and everybody was vaping, everybody's was vaping, vape, 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 vaping? Everybody's getting apple and cherry and lime and all kinds of crazy flavors. Can't get those flavors now because the government came in. They were like, nope, no for you, no flavors. You can't have it, blah, blah, blah. So it takes time to catch up. I think the same thing will happen with this. They'll start, they'll, they'll, they'll find it unconstitutional for these states to have these laws banning or prohibiting guns within their borders. But the federal government is going to come in and be like, all right, now that guns are all over the place, we're going to have to put some regulations on them. Right. Like a national database or something. I, yeah. I just see this as a, as a point where, like, where, where, like, people who might have been on the fence of whether voting, like, uh, gonna, you know, vote more progressive or vote, vote more conservative, I see this as a place where it's like, you're really losing a lot of people. Oh, yeah. When you decide, when some people decide to push with that much you know, gun legislation. I agree. I think I think the younger people kind of see, though, that there needs to be something. There needs... I think they start to see that there are so many regulations within their lives that this one little thing seems to be the one thing that's not regulated. Everything is regulated. But guns just so happen to be the one thing in our country that is not regulated... I don't know. That just seems to be like a problem. I think there's overall consensus of, of how people feel that we should move forward with gun reform. I think people can, can come to consensus that you don't need an assault rifle. Right. No. I mean, that's common sense, right? Can we all agree? With and that's you? what's going to happen. They're going to be like, you can you have a shotgun for hunting. You can have a handgun, right. and that's it. You like, don't need a, a, a gun that that's has, what'll a, happen, has a capacity of 250 rounds of bullets. I agree. I mean, that's, that seems a little excessive. You're killing a deer, right? I just, I, I think it's, I, 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 I think it's better to like, like, I, I just keep thinking about the prostitution thing. It's like, I think it's bad for people who are very aggressive to demonize all gun owners. I think that doesn't work. Because I don't, that's not what we're doing, you know. No, I don't think, no. I don't think, oh, I, I think, but I think some people do do that. I think some people do do that. I think that I, that I, was I, something that was tried, and I think that tactic, they've realized, is not working. It doesn't work. More people this year have bought guns than ever before. They say they, right. they it's hard to even keep bullets. And, Black ownership of guns. Oh, yeah, gun, gun ownership. For younger people, for women, has all increased this year. Maybe it's people are feeling unsteady with the economy and society in general. Also, I think just this rift that's happened has also kind of made people be like, hey, maybe I, on both sides, 
I need to protect myself, but right. who are we protecting ourselves from? Like, exactly. each other? Like, And show me the mass shooting that's happened where somebody stopped it by shooting the gun. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. So if all these guns out there are supposed to be helping with these mass shootings, where where is the people that are supposed to take out the mass shooters that are so... Oh, I'm so amazing with my guns that I'm carrying around everywhere. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. I want to see what this is right here. This is um a video and it just titled "Americans Play True or False Gun Control Edition." It's six minutes, so let's just give it a second, see what it is. Deeply unsettling. She said, "I hate guns." All right, they showing copy of the Constitution. Wait, hold on, pause it though. Pause it though. My guess is she hasn't had anybody in her life that has ever owned a gun. Very few, she probably has never shot a gun. See, but I think you, coming from Kansas, might think that that's more popular than it is. Like, my dad had a shotgun growing up, but by the time I was, like, old enough to, like, even care about it, like, he wasn't even hunting anymore, because hunting kind of, like, well, uh, Why does she hate guns? That's what I'm saying. I don't know, let's see. We're gonna play a game of true or false. To learn more about gun control. Personally, I never really used guns growing up. Never was a thing in my family, but um, I'm not super anti-people having guns so much as like the automatic weapon thing that's clearly become a problem. I like to use the term gun safety instead of gun control. Growing up, I knew like families that like had like farms, you know, and they would have guns and then they would like shoot one of those like clay pigeon type. Oh. This is what we're talking about. Like, you're from Kansas, you're from LA, I'm from North Carolina. So North Carolina is kind of like it'll blend. You're a little bit more from like the Midwest, where it's a more vast area. If you want to go out and shoot cans in your backyard, you probably could. Right. And nobody would be calling the cops. If I did that in my parents' neighborhood, like somebody would have called the police. <laughs> I'm sure Jesse, if you were doing that in LA, you would probably be you would be the next George Floyd, or you would have been the George, you would have been the Mexican version of George Floyd. So. Stuff. I know people who like went hunting and yeah. had guns, and that's more the extent of what I know back in Arizona. I know what my philosophies about gun control and gun safety are, but I don't know that I know a lot about like the laws surrounding guns, so I feel like I might learn a lot. True or false? Rifles are the most common used gun in U.S. murders. Oh, in all U.S. murders, I'm going to say. I think false. Yeah, because I think it's more than a rifle, right? I don't yeah, know a lot about guns. Simple. I'm going to say false. I'm gonna go with false. I think that we hear about automatic weapons just because those are used more for mass killing, but for murders, I think handgun. Wait, assault rifles. A lot of the, this is really the common ones are just like little handguns, like a pistol. In like US right? murders. You know, okay, I'm gonna go with true because of assault rifles. I just feel like rifles are probably very common guns, but they're hunting guns. Yeah. So I'm gonna say false. I'm gonna go false. Sadly. I think there's other types of guns, but there you go. That's exactly what you were saying, right? So handguns. Crazy. Yeah. I feel weird celebrating getting that right. I'm Hang not guns, like, yay! Handguns are the mostly common used guns of U.S. Yeah, movies. if you're gonna commit a crime, you're not gonna bring something that people can see. You're gonna bring something that's very makes sense. You know, like, this video also is a uh, November thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, so says 64% of gun-related murders were caused by handguns. All right, let's just get one more question. I'm just kind of curious, but these people are really, really long-winded, though. 
I'm like, yeah, okay. I feel like just because there's so much gun violence in general, yeah. when we hear about stuff, it's the, the mass shooting. Exactly. Um, so I, I feel like that's probably Yeah, but that's super interesting to hear because that's exactly what you were saying, where it's like actually there's even more of a violence than assault rifles. After the U.S., the second top gun-owning country is Yemen. Ooh. Um, I know, I know nothing. <laughs> um, I have no reason to believe that's not true. I feel like most other developed countries have some form of gun control. I don't have like a, an answer, okay, so I guess so I'm just going to go true. I'm going to go true. I'm going to say true. True. I'm also realizing that that means that we're number one. Oh. True. Uh, yeah, we were both definitely just So we are the most because Yemen common is country other than Yemen. In 2017, 58% of women who were killed by gun violence were killed by their current or former intimate partner. Ha. Ah, yeah, I know some people personally. It's very disturbing. I don't know what to say about it. Whoa, whoa. Man, 58% is a lot. That is true to yeah. me because honestly, yeah. I would not be surprised if it were even higher. Yeah, really. I'm going to go with true. Same true. 58%. Do you think it's higher? Well, they all That's think it's really true. High percentage. It's they either true or higher. higher. They all think it's higher. Sadly. Yeah, true. Crime of passion type thing. It's deeply tragic. So 58% of all women are killed by someone that was an intimate partner of them. That's why they're talking about those red flag laws and the boyfriend loophole. And just if, boyfriend if, loophole. if you're, you've never heard of the boyfriend loophole? Oh, if you're a boyfriend, you can't commit domestic abuse. That's what it is. I actually don't know the whole thing, to be honest. Let's look it up. I believe it's something to do with, uh, like, if, if your, your boyfriend or husband or whatever uh, has a gun, you can call and report them, but uh, we'll see what this says right here. My name is Stacy Fernandez, and I'm a breaking news reporter at the Texas Tribune. A sergeant with HPD was responding to a call in which a girlfriend called 911 saying that she was being physically attacked by her boyfriend and that he had two guns in the house. And once the sergeant showed up, the man fatally shot him, according to officials. So we're talking about this because the Houston police chief, Art Acevedo, he was recently in the news calling out prominent Texas Republicans for not having tighter gun laws, specifically the boyfriend loophole. And who killed our sergeant? A boyfriend abusing his girlfriend. He called out some prominent Texas Republicans, including Senator Ted Cruz, as well as John Cornyn, saying that they need to improve restrictions on guns and close the boyfriend loophole. So I don't want to see their little smug faces about how much they care about law enforcement when I'm burying a sergeant because they don't want to piss off the NRA. So the boyfriend loophole goes like this. If the victim of the domestic violence charge was a spouse, a dating partner that you lived with, or a dating partner with whom the person had a child, then that person cannot own a gun. If the victim of the domestic violence charge was just a dating partner, didn't live with them, didn't have a kid, then they can own a gun. Gotcha. To be clear, the boyfriend okay. loophole wouldn't have applied in this case because the alleged shooter had a previous... Okay, so let's, um, let's so unpack if that. You're, if you're, you're convicted or charged with domestic abuse and you are in a relationship that's... Just kind of casual. You can still own a gun. Yes. But if you're in a legal relationship... Or you have a kid together, they're saying. You cannot own a gun. Or you live together, I guess they're saying. So this would be like you and your girlfriend. You're, you don't live together, no. but you 
or consider yourself serious relationship, if for some reason, we'll say she, if she started beating you up one day or whatever, and uh, you were like, hey, uh, I need to get her arrested, and they came, she wouldn't be able to get a gun because she's had charges like that she was trying to kill you. Well, she, no, she would because she's just your girlfriend. She's not like yeah, your husband. Don't that's true. They don't have a child. But if you had a kid, yeah, well, like, what? Okay. Well, how silly is that? But we live in 2021. Like, most people aren't married. Like, I, that's what they're saying. It's this is that a, new kind of right. that well, new kind of society. I think that's what we're talking about. Living in sin, so you can't have production. We're talking about is common sense yeah. gun. Yeah. Common sensible. sense, so fucking sensible. I like but it. But the NRA is against that. Oh, and well, a lot of NRA is going to be against anything. I think a lot of people would be against that. Putting restrictions on gun ownership. Of course. They're just worried. It's just like the scare tactic, like slippery slope, like, oh, if you do this, like, then it's going to be this, then it's going to be this. But, like, the thing it is, is, like, Herbert Hoover banned machine guns in 1930, and you can still have assault rifles now. So you can't have an automatic weapon. the same You can thing. have a semi-automatic weapon. Okay. That didn't make it so that all these guns are not no longer. That's what I'm saying. Is like you can have sensible gun laws. The only thing the NRA cares about is the money. They just want to keep getting their membership. That's all they really care about. They don't care about you, me, people that get shot out there. They 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 do try to promote gun safety and things, but ultimately it's all about keeping their membership base up and keeping drama in the headlines to say people hey keep paying us that money we'll keep protecting your right to have those guns well do you know kind of go along with this video because it's in texas the nra last year moved from new york their headquarters to texas hmm. i heard they're not doing good i heard the nra is having major problems like they're uh, getting sued and they're losing money and they're membership just, they don't have any common sense they're not they're only thinking about the bottom line I think people just don't care as much about those things anymore um, as they used to. Like, because also when you see your friends and all going out to get guns, like, they're not going to go join the NRA. They're just, you know, it's like, people aren't taking it that seriously anymore. I think people have decided that they don't need that. They can go out and do things on their own without having these organizations behind them. I don't know. The NRA probably doesn't have much longer. They they seem like they've been struggling for the past couple of years, yeah, which I have no for, problem even with. For a gun owner, like they kind of, it's kind of seems a little creepy. You know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like whenever like their their uh, speeches and conventions are just all very. When you think about all the negative things that have happened, I just don't see how they get up there and promote the things that they're promoting without giving any kind of leverage the other way. Like okay, maybe we should do this. Just. You kind of give a little to get a lot. You know what I mean? But they don't want to give anything. All right, let's, uh, let's come back, and I want to see what Logan's got to talk about, if he's got anything interesting to talk about today. Leave all the toxic vibes behind and get ready to clear the fog from your mind. It's time to get stimulated. This is the Doctor Whoever Project. Logan, fresh from the fields of Kansas <laughs> to cloud your ears with that Gucci knowledge. Warning, stand clear. This could affect your test results. All right, Logan. You'll find right at DrWhoever.com. What do you got going on? Anything interesting you want to talk about? I know you sent me some interesting, uh, some like things about the, the, the Chinese guy. Um... 
Was that like what? What's going on with that? What, what's what's uh, what's in this video? Yeah, I kind of got a loophole lately. I'm reading this book about kind of China, but basically, the two video, the top one's about this one right a here? billionaire in Hong right. Kong who basically spoke out against um, the Chinese government, kind of coming into Hong Kong and basically taking it over. Like, so Hong Kong had a contract with uh, the Chinese government after they were released from Great Britain that for a hundred mm -hmm. like twenty seven years, I don't remember the real number, that they would be basically autonomous and could have their own government. Um, that wasn't supposed to expire until like I think ten or twenty years from now. But China just kind of under their new leader, Xi Jinping, mm -hmm. kind of just has said like, fuck that, we're coming in and we're doing kind of, whatever. Yeah. We're, we're reclaiming this back as ours. And kind of imposing the same law that is put on other Chinese people on the mainland onto Hong Kong. Basically, reabsorbing Hong Kong. Reabsorbing their kind of rights yeah. as an independent state. Is that you can't talk poorly about uh, the dicta You can't talk poorly about the Communist Party. You can't talk poorly about Xi Jinping. You can't basically like you have a lot of you don't have any political power or, like those types of personal. Freedoms. Huh. Um, Let's see, is there anything like super interesting in here? That's what we got. And so, yeah. Hong Kong last summer. 200 police officers are raiding the newsroom of Apple Daily. They've arrested its owner, Jimmy Lai. It's a show of strength from the Chinese authorities, which they hoped would silence the protests. Is the billionaire? Days on, crowds starting to gather outside a police station in Hong Kong. It does seem like it's getting crazy everywhere around the world. There's just unsettling stuff everywhere. Of Jimmy Lai, an icon of you would think people would be more respectful of our society and what we've been able to do, where we can finally pick people that we want to represent us and versus what they do over there where they fake it, like in Russia too, where they fake it and then they're stuck with these people that they might not have even ever wanted. Protests. And that's the anomaly is that they're really the only like major world economy that's not a democracy. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about that, why we think maybe that's maybe why that they are succeeding right, lately. Right. They don't have to have an election every two, four, eight years where complete power changes hands and all this reset like, I know we joke about the whole Matt Gates thing. In a year from now, people are going to be like, Matt Gates, who? What? Oh, yeah, that guy that's in prison with Trump and the rest of them. It's like, we, we should be thankful that we don't have to worry about someone coming in and just running the, our world and our country for the rest of our lives, that we have the power to pick someone. Like, they don't have it over there. Peacefully. But if I'm in jail, I'm living my life meaningfully. Jimmy was born in mainland China, but was smuggled into Hong Kong as a child. Yeah. So By his 20s, he had built a fashion empire, becoming one of Hong Kong's richest tycoons. Taking people who don't agree with their culture, who don't, um, who are in parts of, their, of China that maybe were under less of the, co the control or the watchful eye of the government, mm -hmm. and trying to be super authoritarian, um, and to basically get rid of their culture, like, 
Now, what does this say? This is last interview as a free man. So they're like sending so him to jail. So at the end of the video, jail? they right, take him to jail. Let's, let's zoop up, see what it looks like then. Yes, we'll be go back away. Okay, yeah, tell me what it is. It shows a video of him in handcuffs. Right here? All right, yeah. Sorry. Right right so the reporter's like on his little building and they're looking down into like a courtyard. Mm -hmm. And then they're showing. Yeah, there he is. Jimmy is taking yeah. So this billionaire of a Apple something, it's not Apple, but it's Oh, it's a paper. Okay. He's, really he's handcuffed, chains around him, his waist, and with a mask on. His waist. Like so how long is he, is this like for life or until they decide they want to let him out? Because in his newspaper he was talking crap about Xi Jinping and yeah, the, he was speaking out against and the autocracy, communism, yeah. whatever you want to call it over there. It's such a blend. It's such a blend of different... I mean, Jesse, you're uh, more of a political person. What, what is China considered exactly? What do they consider themselves? They're not a democracy, but they... But they, they've been coming out of communism for the past, like, 20, 30 years. But they hit hard the messaging of communism. But they like to say that they're not communists now, though. They like to... Oh, here we go. Uh... On the 16th of April, 2021, Jimmy L.A.I. That's like Lao. Jimmy Lao was sentenced to one year in prison for separate charge of unlawful assembly. Okay. So maybe he's only going to jail he's for a protesting. year. Uh, his trial for violating the national security law. Oh, uh, well, that's... that's it's just begun. So. It has just begun. I mean, that's... That's fascinating. Yeah, that, Steve, a year for unlawful assembly? Yeah, but I mean, they're, you know what they're doing? They're trying to prove a point, you know? They're trying to say, hey, you know, it's don't... It's a scare tactic. Yeah, it's a scare tactic to tell other people, don't step up, don't, don't do what this guy did, just follow the rules, play along, um, and everything and will be like, fine. That's kind of like, it just goes back to like, all the stuff we're talking about with like guns and stuff, like, how grateful we are to even be having that conversation mm -hmm. about guns, like... That's honestly unimaginable for a Chinese person to be talking about their right to be able to own a gun because that right was taken away a long, long time ago. Like they don't, they, they just don't get those. They don't get those choices. We live um, in a very, we live in an amazing country where we have so many freedoms. Jesse, what do you think it's going to go? Do you think it's going to go up to the Supreme Court? And what do you think? What do you think if you just were to? Pick one. Do you think that they're going to let the states keep, I don't know, uh, editing the law to fit uh, state law that they want? Or do you think they're going to put down a judgment where the states do not have the right to suppress the bearing of arms, like it says in the Constitution? Are we talking back to guns? Well, I mean, because we were going, you know, we were talking about China. Yeah, because we were talking about, like, you know... We're just blessed to be able to ha even yeah. have, the, have that Stay. Open That's conversation the... because in China, a lot of people don't have, have that open conversation. I agree, but I also think that... Uh, I think somebody's tired. Somebody needs some coffee. I think I also think that when, in, in our society, we're, we're facing our own little kind of destructive path. When no, that's for sure. What is truth and what is fiction and what is real news and what is fake news and how long can you just continually lie about what is actually going on? And misinformation, I think, is the biggest, hugest issue facing our country and, sure. you know, the next 10 years of how, like, it, even they just did a study today that uh, 
I think 62% of Republicans still think that our election was was fake, mm-hmm. that Joe Biden wasn't elected president by unanimous consent. I mean, and that's a big issue when, you know, our whole society is based on free elections and democracy and, you know, the free choice of deciding who the world leader will be. I mean, if, we, if we're living in a society where people no longer trust the institution in which we stand for, where, what direction is the United States going on? And I think it's a dangerous and slippery slope. I agree. Uh, Logan, have you, do you watch Jimmy Kimmel at all? Uh, where did you watch a little bit of Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, the, I actually watched this last night. The did you watch this? Oh my God, like, this is worth just playing. For, like, so Jimmy Kimmel has had um, a fake My Pillow guy for a while come in and do some clips and like, he pretends to be the My Pillow guy and, and acting all silly and stuff. But um, Jimmy Kimmel actually got real My Pillow guy to come onto the show. Uh, it was it was pretty. In interesting, our nation's long and storied history, only one pillow salesman has ever been called to the Oval Office because the president was unhappy with his election results. Our next guest is that pillow man, and he has a lot to say. All nine of those Supreme Court justices are going to vote nine zero because they here's your is that a hand or a foot? And they're going to go, it's a hand. It's like the old mafia days when I, when I used to bet football. You have been warned. Ooh, you know. Yeah. He couldn't run a peanut factory. Now the peanut factories are, I don't know what they are, but did you see any nudity in porn? This guy's a nut. Like how the light goes out on him. Turn our power off. They're attacking our power grid here. They're attacking his power grid. Please welcome Mike Lindell. He gives a good, I give him a good sport for coming out there, coming on to a very liberal show. He even brings his book. But um, there's a couple of good parts. I just want to like scroll, see if we can find like where they're actually having a, where they kind of have some good conversation. Many millions of dollars. I have no much, no idea how much money you're worth. I give it all to charity. Uh, I do. You give really okay, whatever you no. do with it. Um, he seems like a genuinely it, nice guy. I, I could see how you it's would a little think. Out. Well, there must be some divine intervention here Absolutely. because how did a person? who was in, you know, a motel room buying crack and gambling and, you know, away from his family and all of these things. So if you don't know, Mike Lindell was a crack addict. He had all kinds of issues, businesses that failed, and he somehow got clean, went to rehab, found Jesus, um, and that's why he's trying to help spread the message of Jesus, and he thinks that Trump really is some kind of savior for our country. Things. How did this happen to me? I must be special. But I'm going to suggest to you that maybe it's a coincidence and that maybe this information that you have that you believe in. I mean, let's be honest, your website doesn't even really work so well. Why would you think that you have broken this code of all people? It wasn't me that broke it. They brought it to me. But and these this was people are not. The only reason they did, Jimmy, is because I have the voice. I, I worry about you. I feel like you are maybe self-destructive, like you have um, lost everything repeatedly so many times in your life. You've had a bar, you, you know, all of these things. You know the story. Yeah. But now I you think it. maybe that that's what, I mean, now I feel like we're going to, you're going to be out Dressed as Spider-Man on Hollywood Boulevard at the end of this whole thing. <laughs> Dominion is suing you, you know, for $1.3 billion. You've got to realize my pillow countersued them. For, and what Alan Dershowitz said will be the biggest lawsuit, the most important in history right, and we'll for the First Amendment out. right of free speech. Well, He's just like Trump. It's like, it would be the biggest one in history and name-dropping all these people. It's just... 
It's like they are. He's like a little mini. If Donald Trump was on crack, he would act exactly like this. Well, for one that's of you, true. this is not going to work out well, okay? Whether well, it be them or That's not even the lawsuits you. we're talking about. What I'm talking about, no matter who you are in this country, I'm not just some person that decided, hey, I want, uh, you know, your producer asked me, they said, you know, Mike, would you have done it if it was reversed? Knowing what I have now, if they would have put Donald Trump back in on December 14th and knowing what I had right now, I would still be sounding the alarm going, you guys, these machines, they were hacked and we have to do something in our country. I believe that you are sincere. You know, I also think there's something going on from the crack or something well, that has, you know, so whatever. That is, that's, um, I think what a lot of people think. That's, that's kind of what I think. Paranoia. What made me think, so what made I me do this is just like when I met Donald Trump. and when did this interview kind of... Not really looking to interview. Well, yeah, it was more of like, let him kind of. never said that to a liberal. Yeah. Yes, it's like. I mean, maybe the cracks messing you up, you know. And I mean? like, I, that's not okay to I mean, say because uh, I think I think. He I actually think it's perfectly fine to say. I think other people should have been saying it before. He acts. He's all all over the place, and maybe if. Look at remember Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown, how crazy they were acting and stuff. That affects your brain. And it affects your brain forever. If you're doing that much crack and that many drugs, what he should have said is don't fall for the hype. Don't fall for, I mean, going into the office of the president. Don't go into the to, to the stardom that, that you've recently received from, from you know going into talking to Trump and supporting him. Don't fall into that hype and throw everything that you've worked for after facing so much hardship mm, I agree. and your drug addiction. Don't throw it away just for the hype of I, the moment you're trying I, to live in. Yeah, I understand why he's doing that, but also it kind of seems like he's like trying to be preachy. Like, just interview the guy. He's not trying to be as funny. He didn't really say that at funny. He didn't really well, say the crack thing funny. It, there, was, there was like some I think he was being serious about it. But that's what I'm saying is like, why are you trying to be preachy about it? Did like, you see the part of this too where he says at some point, he's like, hey, uh, you know, for those that are watching, this is a live interview that we're taping from start to finish for YouTube, but this is actually not what aired on television, apparently. This is like a longer version. So I think he wanted to actually sit down and have a more serious right. kind of come to Jesus moment with this dude and be like, hey man, like I know we've been playing and making fun of you for weeks now. You're a good sport for coming on, you know, but like I really want to look at you and like I did to Jordan. You know, like, hey, I know you got to be on drugs. There's no way. And also, I know you drink that whole half a gallon of vodka. You can't lie to me. Who else drink it? Did a mouse come in right. and drink it, like, in the middle of the night? Like, what? You know, it just didn't happen. So I think some, it's good that somebody's finally saying, dude, maybe, maybe you need some people that are not these other crazy Trumpers around you. Maybe you need some people. Like, he's talked about his children and his wife, and, like, they're... He's living in somewhere else because he's afraid to go back to Minnesota because he's just so scared. He thinks people are trying to kill him, but eh, I still give him—I give him credit for coming on, sharing his sharing his like reasoning for all this, even though you can't really follow it. So there's really no reason. Like I watched this whole thing. You watched the whole thing. He still never showed any kind of data, any kind of proof, any kind right. of anything. Like it always is. But I still love the end the when they—the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pillow. <laughs> to run for governor. I love when they, um... I wouldn't run to be a dog killer. Oh, yeah, so they're talking about, like, he said something about running for governor, but, um, they bring out That's the right. actor, Mike Pelosi. Oh, no. the presses. You got this guy out there. This is a fraud. 
This is not the man. Hey, oh hey, my he goodness. needs some. You got to get this guy some blue shirts. Yeah, well, Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm as comfortable in my pajamas as I am in a bleeding bandage on top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. You got this guy out here. He's claiming to be me. That's an imposter. First, they went for the phones. First they went for our phones, and now they're sending in clones. <laughs> so I give this guy credit, you know. Now I don't know which one of you is So they got both the guy. They got the actor out here now. He walks up right in front of him, holding a pillow. They look just alike, don't they? It's what a, an uncanny... Yeah, it even sounds like Yeah, and what a great actor. <laughs> I challenge you to a pillow fight at the Minnesota State Fair this summer. You got it, you got it. That's where we settled this. We settled this. He's gonna kill you guys. He does seem like a good sport. I think he likes the attention. This is a chance for you to show some leadership for once. It's a King Solomon moment. I think he likes it. Whoever screams for, it's my pillow! <laughs> but I do love that. I, I've really enjoyed the whole uh, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't think I've watched this much Jimmy Kimmel in my life. Um, anybody else have anything they want to throw out there before we close out the uh, May 3rd Doctor Whoever show? No. No? All right. Why we mask up? I'm ready to take a mask off soon. Blowing minds from coast to coast. The doctor is in. Hear anonymous experts with insider information straight from the source. Get the facts and judge for yourself at doctorwhoever.com.